Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Emergency Podcast because we got off the show and the Avs decided, you know, it'd be cool. Let's make a trade now that they're done. Uh, Jesse, AJ, Rudo, and Felix Sicard from the fourth period covering the Anaheim Ducks joining us to talk about Josh Manson, who the Avs have just acquired. Officially, it looks like it's Drew Hellison in a second round pick for Josh Manson. Uh, there's a little bit of debate on that pick, not 100% confirmed yet, but trade is definitely Hellison in a pick for Manson. So AJ, I know, uh, I know you've heard a few things about some, some interest in Manson from the abs for a little bit now. So not too surprised yeah. by this. No, not at all. Uh, actually when I went to pull up, um, some of his fancy stats and graphics and stuff, uh, my pages were actually still there from when I looked at it the other day. Uh, so done easy enough. It was, it was ready to go. <laughs> so one of the defensive prospects falls for the abs, but Felix, are you going to sell us on Josh Manson or are you celebrating this trade in Anaheim? I think it's actually kind of a win-win. I mean, Josh Manson was really struggling last year and it, it honestly kind of felt like he was on his last legs a little bit as a prime contributor, but this year he's had a really nice bounce back uh, you know, it does help that he's on a pairing with Cam Fowler, but I think there's a lot of stuff that you can dig into uh, individually and say that he's pulling his weight on that pairing. So I think the Ducks get a sol- it looks to be a solid return, and the Avs get a guy who's playing some good hockey right now. Yeah, we uh, we literally did a show this afternoon on ranking Colorado's trade assets, uh, and we had Drew Hellison as kind of like the third-ish prospect. Yep. Um, in their system just because of he's not Justin Barron, he's not Oscar Olison, those guys are at the tip top. Um, but Hellison with his proximity to the NHL, he just finished his Boston call, which should be the end of his college career, uh, this last weekend. Uh he was he should be ready to sign and jump into pro hockey. He doesn't need a senior year. Um they're definitely the apps definitely are gonna miss Hellison. Um like he was a he was a guy that when they had drafted him, it was the excitement was that, to be honest with you, he would turn into Josh Manson someday. Um, similar size, same kind of disposition, uh, very physical players, and not not really they don't they don't really like when guys take the puck into their corner. So uh, you know, Josh and. and that's that's the loss in Hellison is that they lose out on a guy that could be could have been pretty uh, could have been pretty valuable for them down the road. But big 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 question is the upside with Hellison and how good he ultimately gets. Um, the second round pick, uh, we all kind of figured that the Avs were going to clean house on a lot of their first. What and we're seconds. hoping for actually. Uh, well, we're we're we're. For the first and second round picks for the next couple of years, we're expecting most of these picks to be gone by this time next week. Um, so this is just the start of it. I, you know, with Manson being a pending UFA, uh, you're just uh, you're you're strictly viewing this through a rental lens right now. But I'm Manson is exactly the kind of guy that we had kind of talked about the abs targeting stylistically. They weren't. They didn't need to go out and get another puck mover, another guy that's gonna that's gonna aggressively jump into play and do things. And I tell you, it's funny because I watched Josh Manson score. Uh, what was it last night against the Islanders? 
And the way that the way that he did it is he was jumping into the play and he poked in a rebound uh, just because he was crashing the net. And I, I almost tweeted out like, boy, that's something that Colorado was really going to like when he gets there. And I was going to be like joking. Right. But a day later, he's an ab. And I, I, I think the price tag drew Hellison had become a big time fan favorite amongst prospects because he was big and nasty. Um, and the second round, the second round picks are always like, those are valuable, but they're not firsts. You save firsts for the big guys. Right. But uh, Josh Manson at his best is nasty. He is nasty. He's mean. He's absolutely miserable to play against. And if you if you end up with a defense with Jack Johnson and Josh Manson on your third pairing, it's not going to move pucks very well. But it's going to be brutal to play. No one against. wants to play against that pairing. Yeah, and it's it's a pairing that is going to be surprising where where it's going to quietly excel is in denying zone entries. Something that something that Colorado really likes to do. We talk about active sticks with their defense a lot. Josh Manson, even even when Josh Manson wasn't at his best last year, still pretty good in denying zone entries. And that's an important part of kickstarting their transition play. And Manson, with Manson back to playing better right now, mm, I'm... This this was one that it's not going to look good from the analytics side of things because he really was bad last year. Um, uh, Felix, what I'm what I'm curious about from your side is what what was the issue with Manson last year and why was it why why is there optimism why should there be optimism from our chat that's kind of melting down right now <laughs> that he's on the upswing? Right. Well, I think. There's there's a couple things. First, I mean, he was hurt a couple times last year, and I mean, tended to get hurt when he was fighting, which which definitely didn't help. There, so there was some inconsistency in his ice time just throughout the season, and I think that that probably did him no favors. But also, I mean, I don't know how to say this kindly, but the Ducks were kind of a rudderless ship last season, systems wise. Uh, you know, they they cleaned house over the summer with their assistant coaching staff. And I really think that this year they have a much more sound structure. And for a guy like Manson, who last year was encouraged to jump up into the play, like you alluded to, I think that he just looked more like a freewheeler on the ice and he was trying to make plays, but almost just for the sake of making them as opposed to making the right read. And I, he's just not that kind of player. He never will be. When Josh Manson's at his best, he's making the simple pass, the simple kind of five to 10 put. 10 foot pass out of the defensive zone. And I think this year with the new assistant coaching staff in Anaheim, the defensemen are still encouraged to jump up, but they're a lot smarter about it. They're using the width of the ice better. And so I think it's a combination of his instincts, maybe getting the better of him wrong instruction, bad coaching, and also the injuries. And he also just wasn't good at times like that. There is that to acknowledge, but I think this year, now that the environment is better, he's been healthier and, there's more of a real NHL coaching staff. It, it helps. And I'm assuming that that's only going to get better now in Colorado with, with the coaching that they have. Okay. Uh, we do have to answer this question just given the fact and chat, you can help us out with this one. Uh, you'll chat will probably know better than we will. Does Josh Manson fit team male model? What do we think? <laughs> yes. I mean, no? he's got good flow. Well, 
Yeah, that's an old picture. He's he's got he's got the serious full right now. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've, I gotta go pull up the picture. Let me let me find one really quick. I don't think the the flow helps his case. <laughs> I, I think the flow is a negative. Uh, here we go. Here's here's a picture of the flow. <laughs> That's with the with the hair. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a struggle flow. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, I I think I agree with you. So I'm seeing I'm seeing some yeses from the from the women. I'm not seeing any any yeses from the men though. All right, so the dudes don't want to aren't aren't about it, but the ladies are. Sounds All about right. right. Do we know how he feels about choking? No oh boy, here we go. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But it I'm out on male, the male model portion of this. Okay, uh, just sacrificing the brand a little bit. So I was. <laughs> Uh, Felix, because you know he's he's going to jump into the Avs second pair. Like AJ said, the Avs obviously like to have their defensemen jump up. You're saying that's not really his style. Question for you: Who has he kind of been best matched with? Um, you know, as, as a partner in the last couple of years in Anaheim, and how is he normally deployed by the by the? Like you said the coaching staff last mm-hmm. year, and now you know a team that I, I've actually really enjoyed watching the Ducks this year. They're an exciting team to watch. Yeah, so I mean that is the big caveat with Josh Manson and some of his results is that he's been playing almost exclusively with Cam Fowler the last couple of years, and Cam Fowler's been excellent. Cam Fowler, I think, is one of the most underrated D men in the NHL, which is weird because he used to be kind of overrated. Um, so that is so that is who he's been playing with is a guy who does most of the heavy lifting, breaking the puck out, and I don't know exactly who's on Colorado's second pairing who he would be playing with, but I mean, like Sam Gerrard. Yeah. 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 Ideally you're probably talking Sam Gerrard. Yeah. So if it, if it's a Sam Gerrard, then I think that actually kind of works because he needs a guy who's going to do most of, again, the heavy lifting, breaking the puck out. I think if he's the guy that's getting a bigger share of that pie, his decision-making can be a little, a little suspect, but I also just tend to think that the abs have, a much more intriguing, much better structure than, than the ducks do. Um, so I, I, I think that it seems like this transition should be, should be okay. Yeah, I do. I do wonder where he fits into a really up-tempo running, like go get him kind of style on defense where I'll, the abs encourage kind of their guys to really get into the play. So, yeah, and I, I, I don't think I answered another part of your question, which is his deployment. So he is used more in that matchup style where he gets those defensive zone starts and he gets the other team's tough, toughest competition. And I don't know if that will happen in Colorado, which I think is probably to his benefit because he's been a little miscast in Anaheim. And you can say that for a lot of their guys is they're playing a little bit above their weight. And I think if he's dropped a few pegs in the lineup, that's probably going to help his results quite a bit at every level. Um, and as far as a skater, I don't, I don't think he's a great skater necessarily, but he has good mobility when he's, you know, when he's backtracking, I think he's got some good lateral ability. I mean, he's got a really long reach and in the defensive zone, I think most nights he has shown to be sound. Like the memory of last year is still really burned into my mind, but this year he has been a lot better. Yeah, he's bigger that, than I thought. That recency bias, man. It's yeah. tough to Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it all it, it all checks out. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where like we have a good sample here of this season where he's been he's been good. It's is a little bit little bit of this 
the Avs side insurance where they can get a guy who can throw hands that isn't Curtis McDermott to play. And can actually play hockey. Right, yeah, yeah exactly. They, they, they don't need Curtis McDermott anymore as the token, like, all right, we're just trying to settle <laughs> things down out there. You know, we don't want things to get wild. Josh Manson can go out there and straight up body somebody if he needs to. And what I also like is that he's a really physical player. So mm. you bring that – you it's it's like a supersized – like it's like an NHL caliber hockey player version of Curtis McDermott. <laughs> like one that actually belongs in the league and not like this like – like Curtis McDermott's a horrible defenseman. So <laughs> – you know, like, like, just that one-to-one replacement from last night's lineup to tomorrow night's lineup in LA. That right there, you just raised the floor a bunch. Yeah, yeah. So, and McDermott can go back and play it forward, and we aren't gonna, you know. So there you go. So that's all. We don't care. That solves the mystery as to why there there was no call up. Like, oh, we'll have a full lineup out there. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll just have to we'll drive up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's <laughs> 45 minutes away straight up um no but felix it'll it'll be interesting because one of the things that is unique ish about the way that jared bednar uses his decor is he has rough pairings that he likes to match up but he will i mean he mixes his pairings up all the time depending on ozone starts d zone starts so i mean you know you're talking late in games he could be getting plenty of d zone starts next to next to Taves. Um, there's just a lot of really interesting combinations. AJ, like you said at the very beginning, just he gets you something different than what you've got. Yeah. yeah. And like the, the cost of Drew Hellison, I see again, like Drew Hellison's NHL comp is probably like Josh Manson. Josh Manson. <laughs> so like that would, if, if Drew Hellison turns into what Josh Manson has been for the Ducks, then it's a huge – this is a huge win for the Ducks yep. in that they're thrilled. And if Josh Manson ends up being an important part of a team that goes on to win a Stanley Cup, then obviously Colorado's also thrilled. <laughs> but that's where – that's where with his pending free agency, that's where the success from Colorado's side, the side of this will be based on is how valuable is he and how deep do they go and how does he play? Because we saw with Patrick Nemeth last year – Patrick Nemeth was a big part of their failures against Vegas. He got rocked in that series. And Manson, you're looking at it and you're saying, Josh Manson's been a better NHL player every day of his life in the NHL than Patrick Nemeth ever has been. And that's not to that's not to, to denigrate Nemeth. I just think Josh Manson, at Josh Manson's best, has been a really, really good defender in the NHL. And that nasty element, the sandpaper that he brings. He's miserable to play against. And part of the postseason is just being part of getting through a seven game series is being miserable to play against. It's it's you know, you they dump and chase a puck and Josh Manson just puts whichever opposing puts Jonathan Marcheseau into the boards over and over and over and over. And Jonathan Marcheseau stops going hundred percent and just says, you know, this fucking sucks. I don't want to do this right now. You know, by game five, he's over it. He's bruised and he's battered because Josh Manson has made life miserable. That's the value that he's going to be able to bring to Colorado's back end that has really been lacking. And as Chad is bringing up, he is second on the Ducks in PK time. 
per game. Yep. Uh, we do have some advanced statistical graphics and things to look at here that will, I suspect, support everything that Felix has said so far. Uh, if we start with his player card, obviously great. the war projection is pretty bad, but you do see some positives here, I think, especially in the quality of competition and teammates he's been playing with and against pretty quality stuff has a surprising amount of primary assists there too. Well, and where, where you look at the positive is that you see that last year he absolutely bottomed out. He's, he's been better this year, not as good as he was a couple of years ago when he was thought to be one of the more underrated defenders in the league. But that quality of that quality of competition should go down. Yeah. And the quality of team, like he should be playing next to Sam Gerrard eventually. And where where Manson will be interesting is if Bowen Byram actually does get healthy, he's going to be able to, he, you know, Manson could slide between second or third pairing right, and really give them a different element. Uh, if he ends up on their third pairing, this feels expensive, but of course... I mean, it's just that much more flexibility, right? With the yeah. bottom 4D, really, um, is what it is. Moving into a little bit of deeper info here, AJ, the one you sent me for 2020 was small and impossible to read. All you oh, need to know bad. about that one is that he was very bad. Yes. Yeah. It was just, I, I pulled it just for comparison's sake. Uh, this season, it, it really is fairly solid top to bottom when you're looking at it. Yes, there's a little bit of a lack of individual contributions to the offensive side, but especially when you start talking about the zone entry prevention and things like that, it starts to look pretty good for Manson. Yeah, and that's and even even the puck retrieval stuff is good. Yep. If you get he's actually his uh individual like puck retrieval on dumpins and stuff is uh very very good. So We'll see. Emma, I know we've talked a lot about not wanting too much sameness on the Avs, but mm -hmm. the Avs bottom 4D have had some issues breaking out the puck at times this year. Does he fall into that category? Or are you going to see a couple of breakouts where you're, you're face palming with this guy? I'll defer to Felix and let him uh, speak to the puck moving ability. <laughs> um, I think with Josh, I mean, this is something that, I don't know if we've touched on yet, but to the puck moving, there's going to be a few kind of like what just happened type plays where you're going to be scratching your head a little bit. I think I'm just forewarning you on that. Um, so the, the puck moving can be a little helter skelter. The one thing that I think you, that I kind of popped into my head as you guys were talking about the playoffs is that Josh Manson does have a bad habit of taking really dumb penalties like really dumb penalties. Like the, there's the Manson special that we've kind of started calling it. And, oh and I, I do think that like, it sounds really dumb, but in the playoffs, that stuff doesn't get called as much. And you kind of saw it with the Canadians last year with Weber and Sherratt and basically cross-checking is now legal uh, for, for a few games. So I think that Manson from that perspective, because I think that's his single biggest war is that he takes a lot of value off the table with this penalty taking the fact that, you know, that presumably the abs are going to be in a, in a pretty solid playoff run that might mitigate it quite a bit. All right. So I, I want your opinion, Felix, because obviously from the abs perspective, and that's a lot of, you know, our chat is 
seen quite a few shout outs for you, but I think it's mostly abs fans in the chat. What is your take on the return for Anaheim? Uh, you know, I, with the yeah. limited knowledge that you have about Hellison, obviously another team's prospects, it's hard, hard to keep tabs on all that, but yeah. Um, yeah. Just your take on, on what they got back. I think it's a little surprising that it's not a first round pick because that's kind of been the expectation, right? Is, a pending UFA defenseman of Manson's caliber in recent years seems to have a usually returned a first round pick. And so the fact that they got a second rounder and that's with the full retention, that yeah. kind of leads me to think that they're mentioned. Yeah. Which leads me to think that it probably wasn't going to be a second rounder unless, I mean, it's either a worse prospect or a worse draft pick. I don't know which, which one it affected, but I think it's a solid return overall. I mean, a second round pick, I think some people are higher on next year's draft than, than this year's. I don't know. Like, I haven't really thought about the draft very much this year, which yeah. probably says something about the season the Ducks are having. But yeah, the, the second round pick seems, I mean, pretty solid. And then with Drew Hellison and what you guys have said, I think you put those two things together. And I don't know how high... Because that's the one thing we've always wondered is what is the perception of these guys around the league? And I think Manson has been well thought of, but with the season he had last year, some of the injuries, I think that this is a pretty reasonable return. I think for Anaheim, it's a good return. They get a guy who's kind of a one-to-one comparable, and you get a solid draft pick. And I think, I I mean, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but if you're getting picks from the Avs, you kind of want to get them further into the future. Just hoping that something goes wrong. Um, not wishing that on you, but just saying, like, I think Fair enough. it's kind yeah. of a savvy because, like, why would you, in theory, this their second rounder next year might be really close to what their first rounder will be this year. So it's, uh, I don't know. It's, I think it's a good return overall. I'm not, I'm not too underwhelmed by it. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just always funny because I'm sure there's people on Anaheim's side. It's like, I can't believe that's all we got. And then there's Abs fans who are, thinking that Joe Sackett just way overpaid, but you were expecting a first round pick again. And, and yeah, we haven't even mentioned the 50% retention. So it'd only be what 2.05 against the cap. Right. Exactly. And I think that's, yeah. that's a huge part to play in all of this. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Especially, very cheap in that regard. Yeah. You just brought in money without sending any money out, which. Yeah. That's significant. nice. Yeah. <laughs> We do have some isolated impacts and other things to look at for Manson as well, as far as uh, visual aids. So, Felix, if uh, if at any point you got to bounce, man, I I understand. But feel free, obviously, to keep hanging out as long as you want. Yeah, I I think I actually have to go, guys. But thanks oh, so much okay. for having me on, though. Really appreciate it. This this I'm still kind of like reeling in all of this. Yeah. But <laughs> I, so just to just to get confirmation, so you're you guys are Drew Hellison fans? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will. I will take a mental note of that going. Do you want to? Do you want to give a plug to everyone listening? Tell the people where you're at. Yeah. I mean, if so, I do a weekly podcast called Crash the Pond, covering the Ducks with my good buddy Jake Rudolph. Uh, We go live on Twitch at 8 p.m. Pacific time on Monday nights. So if you want more on this, uh, you can tune in tonight. We're on all the podcast streaming services, and I also do cover the Ducks at the fourth period. But really, just if you follow me on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard, you'll You'll find all the good stuff there. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on, Felix. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of your show. Have a good one. Okay. So, individual isolated impacts for Manson. 
nothing looking particularly great here, but nothing terrible either. Uh, Man, that isolated the plus six on defense is really bad. It's not good, but when that you, would be that would be the worst on the abs outside of McDermott. But also, you take a step forward and you get okay. Anaheim's defense with him is actually better than it is without him mm-hmm. by a seven percent. It's not nothing. About a quarter, not not quite. Point two of a goal better with Manson on the ice. So, you know, Felix talked about how much of that is Cam Fowler as opposed to Josh Manson. Debatable, but there's something positive to look at there. Uh, $7 from Drew here saying, so is it just me or does Mr. Sackett get Hanaheim to keep 50% get you thinking about what's going to go down in five to six days? Well, everything helps. Um, to be honest with you, the way that LTIR works, the closer you are to the salary cap limit, the when you, brewing, yeah, yeah, when you, when you have to put guys on LTIR, the better chance that you maximize it. So this just puts them really like right at like right at it puts them right on the edge of the limit here. Yep. Um they should continue to accrue. It's not gonna be a lot uh over the next couple of days, and then if at any point they need to, they can LTR as needed. There you go. The offense. Actually, not that bad, again, relative to the Ducks. The uh, the offense is actually a little bit better with Manson on the ice. Um, I don't think you're expecting a ton of offense out of him, but the numbers do point to a, a decent amount of facilitating of the puck from the point, at very least. So, take positives where you can get them, I guess, from this trade. The last thing, uh, the PK numbers are bad. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at that because you wonder, well, Anaheim is sixth in the NHL in PK and he's second in PK per game. Yeah. Uh, and he's in, in like raw time played. Um, sure. You consider the injuries and stuff, he's like fourth. But again, injuries play a role in that raw number. But the per game, Manson is second, playing almost two and a half minutes of PK time. And so is a factor to consider the Ducks PK is actually a little bit better without him so far this year, but neither of them are like otherworldly good, even for a team that's in the top 10 in penalty kill. Yeah. So, you know, maybe John Gibson has something to do with that. I don't know. Well, and that's the other thing. That's, that's where you're like, how is their PK so good? Because John Gibson has been below average again this year. So you're like, Sometimes things don't make any sense. Yeah, that's hockey, right? <laughs> but I, uh, we're overall, are we positive on this trade? Or do we think yeah. it's middling negative? Because I know Chat's the... not super confident. No, so... I... Go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, so well, I, I just, it was just because I just saw a comment and it said, you know, we gave a second round pick to age Hellison to 30. And to a level, that's true. But like, that's honestly exactly what you're trying to do here. You know, this time of year, I said it the other day. You, you know, you go through the rebuild process with. You need your picks. You need to develop your prospects to get you to this point. And then once you get to this point where the ABS are now, it is time to do stuff to win right now. So yes, those prospects, if they're not going to help you this year, the the theory is you go trade them out for something that is going to help you right now because you've you've done the picks and prospects thing. You've developed, you've drafted, in the abs case, you know, you've drafted well, 
as little credit as people want to give them for developing. You know, I mean, the, your, your top line, they're the best top line in the league, is all homegrown. Those are all homegrown draft picks, developed, whatever, whatever. So now you are swapping them out for, wow, hopefully we get what we're hoping that guy to be, but we get him right now to help us go win a cup. You don't have to wait for the development. So obviously well, – go ahead. To build off of that point, realistically, when was Drew Hellison going to be on this team? Three years from now. Because – well, because look at it. They weren't going to put both Justin Barron and Drew Hellison on next year's defense. Right. Right. And just have two rookies down there and have basically the youngest defense in the league with old guy Eric Johnson. Like right. they just that wasn't going to happen, and that's assuming that they that Barons even even makes that defense. So you're looking at Hellison and you're saying, okay, it's not going to happen next year. He won't be a regular next year. What about the year after? So he has to. He would have had to have survived two trade deadlines on a cup contender, <laughs> and then get onto the team and then be an NHL rookie. And you're still probably not going to get the best out of him until year three or four. Yep. He starts to really form into the guy that he's going to be in the NHL. So his third year. So you're talking about we're four years now, we're four years down the road mm-hmm. from today when Drew Hellison really starts to pay off as Drew Hellison. Yeah. So this and is where it, this is and where that's if it works out. There's that's a very real correct. possibility that Drew Hellison gets to the AHL and things right. aren't clicking. Doesn't have it and, yeah. and just tops out and just, well. Well, it's Cameron Gauntz all over again. You just ended up, you just played in his 750th pro game. Yep. Right. You know, has had a very good pro career as a borderline guy. That could be where it goes for Drew Hellison. So, it happen with those guys all the time. Yeah. More often than not. And with Hellison, and with Hellison, like, he'll get a better chance in Anaheim to succeed sooner. Yeah. Just because of the environment that he's going to. So, it, it really is like it, it sucks. It sucks to like draft Drew Hellison. You use a top 50 pick on him. You watch him develop and get better and better and better every single year. And then just as he's getting ready to turn pro and he starts to become in the mix for playing a game for the abs, he's gone. Yeah. Like that's no doubt. I can understand the frustration from that side of it. Mm-hmm. Well, the second and the second round pick Next year, you're talking about an even longer timeline. You have no idea right. if yeah. you even if you get even if you get another Sean Barons in that. That's three to five years. You're two years away from that kid even turning pro. Like, yeah. Right. So it's uh, you're talking. It, it's it is expensive for a guy that he look. Uh, they played uh, game sixty last night. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they've got 22 games left. You're going to get 22 games of Josh Manson in the regular season, and then however long your playoff run is, and probably he walks after that. I would assume so. Maybe he stays. Probably he walks. But his impact and what he can do to, to bridge the gap from that dominant top pairing. Yeah, I, I don't even think you have to have that complicated of a conversation. Is Josh Manchin better than the Johnsons? If you answered yes, I think you should be happy with this trade. Well, and, and, and the other thing too that 
you know, we, we haven't mentioned enough about why it did cost a little bit more. And Felix kind of alluded to it. You got the 50% retention, which Anaheim doesn't care. Cause that means that they've got to pay a little bit to a guy that has been, you right. know, their salary the organization. Is pretty irrelevant this year. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, the owners have to write a couple smaller checks to Josh Manson. They're fine with that. It gives the abs flexibility. You know, someone mentioned Giroux has a choice to make. This is, you know, I mentioned it on, on our show just a couple hours ago that I had a feeling the abs were going to start moving some, some tires this week and they did. And it is kind of a show to Claude Giroux. Like you mentioned AJ earlier, who's, you know, worried about leaving Philly. Mm-hmm. We're making moves. We want you to come be part of these moves that we're making, but like we are serious. Claude Giroux has full no move clause. Doesn't have to submit a list of teams, nothing. He has the yes or no to any deal that Philly makes. This is a, this is a move that, Hey, we're serious about making moves and we're not just going to bring you in and hope that fixes everything. We are plugging the holes around you and we're going to make room to bring in you know, a, a, yeah. A, yeah, a top level player like that, but it's uh, having that fifty percent retention is uh, is huge. Yeah, it helps. I don't think the GMs have not used retention as is the kind of leverage that we do when we build trade proposals and stuff because we're always like, oh, you have to pay the little extra to get the retention or whatever on expiring deals. GMs have just been like. Yeah, sure, we'll retain. We've got three retention slots. It's over after this year. This doesn't affect us at all. It's fine. Retention really only gets paid for on deals in which it matters in a cap situation for more than a year. Like if, like in a JT Miller situation where a guy is signed. Retention yeah. really just hasn't been paid for like that. You- it's it's huge that the ads got it because it just every everything counts. Everything right. helps. Every every ounce of space that they can get is meaningful. I'm just saying, I don't uh, just the way that retention has been paid for the last few years. I don't think has been, and it, it doesn't I, it doesn't match the way that we talk about it a lot of times. I think it's a little bit different this year. For the most part, I agree with you, but it seems like more teams than normal are so close to the cap. These last two seasons, obviously, all the COVID stuff, the cap didn't go up like a bunch of people had planned and right. signed contracts for. So I, I do feel like there maybe is a little bit if if there's multiple people interested, multiple teams interested. I, I don't know. I feel like there's maybe a little bit more leverage um, for GMs who are having to retain this year uh, just because they know that teams need that. Like ha- ha- if they don't retain the full amount the abs can't pull even this deal off well and then anaheim and anaheim doesn't get a prospect in the second round pick that they like from colorado like right if it helps it get it done it's easier to just just retain it's fine yeah oh yeah and, and maybe that maybe that is a great point where hey we're hey we're looking to give you this which wow yeah i know you really like it but the mm-hmm. cost of that is him with the retention so to your point, maybe it is maybe not so much of, well, you have to up it if you want me to do that, but more of this deal isn't really on the table if you don't do that. I think it does. To revisit our math from this afternoon, because this was Mystery Player X is now <laughs> Josh Manson. Josh Manson. <laughs> yep. 
to revisit that math. Boy, you got to think that Ryan Murray is like sweating. <laughs> Starting to look up uh, apartments in Philadelphia right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, to answer one of the questions in chat, I do think it probably takes them out of Justin Braun or Travis yeah, Sanheim or I, there's not really Calvin any reason for them to go get another defenseman. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense for them to go and add another one. Unless, like, it, the conversation changes if they're moving one of the Johnsons, maybe, instead of Murray, but... Yeah. Yeah, but at that point... Well, I mean, it would have to be EJ at that point. I was going to say, unless it's Eric Johnson, it yeah, would make no really sense to move that. Jack Johnson instead of Ryan Murray. I yeah. agree. For really anybody involved. It, uh, yeah, no, that's a great point. I still think yeah. there's a decent chance they just point. stick with 8D, but... I, I mean, look, the depth is enviable. It absolutely is, because beyond there, you're like, look, if catastrophe happens and four guys get hurt, realistically, you're probably fucking losing that series anyway. Probably. It's probably just done. But if, you, if you're if you down a guy or two, Ryan Murray's serviceable. Right, right, Ryan, like whoever of those eight guys we're talking about, yeah. and this obviously is assuming that Byron plays. Right. Just because Byram's kind of on that way. Yep. So, um, it, it so had... Josh Manson is a, is a right-hand shot. I don't know if we've mentioned that. He's, he's 6'3", uh, what is it, 225, 230, depending big. on where you look. Mm-hmm. He big. Uh, big he guy. Boy. Yeah, real physical. But so right-hand shot. So really, I mean, that it, it's Gerard or Byram. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, dude, back I at full health. This when your raw, if your roster can get back to fully healthy, this just it, it, it pushes that decor that we talked about at the beginning of the year up yeah. a level. Your your bottom pairing is either Manson or Byram with a Johnson, right? It's silliness. So yeah. <laughs> with a Johnson, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever one you want. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so now, because so now at full health, it's like Gerard and Manson, Byram and Johnson. Yeah, sure. However you want to sort that. I it, it seems almost silly how how deep that defense ends up being, and you're not. Yeah. You're well not because concerned. your depth is like okay, you're gonna pull. Eric Johnson has a bad game. You pull him out of the lineup. Ryan Murray goes in, and you're like. Different player, different different dynamic, but right. Ryan Murray is your seventh guy. Are you serious? Yeah, that's yeah. a good life to live right there. Um, so yeah, I I think the Avs got better today with this trade, and that's really well, the foundation. And they they didn't give anybody up off yeah, their right. NHL roster right. right away, exactly. Which just to add to our conversation from earlier today, really only enhances that if they're going to continue to add. Yep. Add forward. So I was going to say, (laughs) just just real quick. I mean, it is kind of interesting now because now you add a defenseman. So to your point, AJ, at full health, the blue line is probably a little overcrowded. McDermott Uh, has to be a forward now. Yep. Well, I I was going to say, yeah, for at least time being. But I don't know. Now I kind of sit here and I say, all right, do you move Ryan Murray? then McDermott kind of becomes your eighth D because as we also discussed with Felix, you now have another guy that's got the, the fighting tough guy 
intimidating, but he contributes in a much bigger way. Potentially plays hockey for you. Right. So so now you don't feel the need to have McDermott on the cusp of your lineup as much. So I don't know. Do you do you add Ryan Murray in the package that goes back? If you're if let's say you're pursuing Claude Giroux, do you well, add Ryan he makes Murray the same there? money as Tyson Jost? So if if right. I it's would purely say, a cap dump, yeah. Yeah, if it's purely a cap dump, you'd just be like, Whoa, here's your two million in Ryan Murray. Right, right. And then you put some fun condition on a pick again if you wanna whatever, yeah. Whatever. And so so you do that, you send Ryan Murray, you LTIR Landy, that makes the Giroux money fit. Then what you just have like Darren Helm as your thirteenth forward. You don't really have to subtract that front. Yeah, I'm in whatever no doubt, at forward, right? Like, no doubt right. conversations going to be had by the Avs front office over the next week, I am sure. Yeah. Or they know exactly what they're already like gonna try to do, and <laughs> this is just like the, the first evil step forward. Yeah. They have a whole 17 chain plan dominoes that are yeah. falling down as Andy hits LTIR right on Thursday, yeah. <laughs> the same night that Giroux plays a thousand games and Friday. And then, and then again, Saturday or no, what day did you say was the day off? Oh, Sunday. Then Sunday they trade for Claude Giroux. We're doing this all over again. There you go. Uh, okay. We've done a, whole, easy. <laughs> we done a knew, whole second podcast today. Now <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. I was I was right about the timing. I was wrong about the day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but also, yeah. Josh Manson in Anaheim. Um, should just meet them in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah, yeah. drive up. Be in be in the lineup tomorrow well, night. Well, so seriously, I kind of said it in passing there, but then like the more I thought about it, it I mean it makes perfect sense. Because it, it's so funny, man. And it's always one of those things where, like, when you look back on stuff, it's like, you should have just gone with, like, your gut. I asked Bednar, I said, are you guys going to call anyone up? And he, like, paused for a minute. He goes, no. No, we, we, we don't have any plans to. And it was just one of those things where I was like, what an odd way to answer that. Like, why did you sound so suspicious? When you're like, uh, no, we're not doing that. But, like, I didn't really think anything of it. And this makes sense why they knew we're not going to call anyone up because the guy that we want is he's already right in down California. the road. Yeah. Well, the, the, the problem here is that he's actually not in California. Right, they, they were on the, the ducks road, are in New York uh, doing their East trip. So that sucks, but he's got plenty of time now to get on a, a plane and fly all the way back home. Sleep in his right, own and bed. Worst case, yeah. 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 For real. Cause they're not skating tomorrow. They're not, uh, they're not doing morning skate, Bednar said. So, yeah, fly home tonight, sleep in your own bed, get up in the morning, uh, and drive up to LA. There you go. We've solved the mystery. Josh Manson, now an Ev. Any any final thoughts from either of you? Um, forty-two has ever been a forty-two. I can look. Brad Malone comes to mind, maybe. What number was Sam Henley? Uh, I can't There's remember. a name. I'll I'll pull up the hockey reference. Sam Henley was 42. There you go. Sam was Henley, he? Brad Hell Malone, yeah. Ray Macias, hey. Chris Stewart for one year, and John Clem when they were still in Quebec. 
Nice. Should should also mention, for what it's worth, he has worn a letter in Anaheim for the last three seasons. Again, just we've talked about it with the Avs. They they like to target high character guys, outspoken leadership yep. types. Um, so there's just another guy that, that falls into that uh, that model. Look, how do we feel about it? This is exactly the archetype of a deal that I thought they were they were going to go and they were going to get a physical guy. Yep, I. My preference was DeHaan because of his work with the puck in transition is really good. But with Manson, you're talking about a really – he fits a lot of the little things that the abs emphasize in their system and then adds in – An archetype that they didn't really have on D yeah. outside of Curtis McDermott, who we know the story there. Yep. Well, and, and, and you do also have to give a little bit of credit to the abs coaching staff and excuse me, the pro scouts and, and I guess the coaching staff, because I mean, not to sound too much like the exact type of people we were making fun of on the earlier show, but a guy like Josh Manson, who has shown to be a very good defenseman at different points in his NHL career, actually just kind of up until last season, mm-hmm. he has shown that they can bring guys in. And to your point, AJ, when they identify this guy does little things that we like to do, I mean, we've seen countless guys, even Curtis McDermott, really kind of excel relative to their own game, playing with the abs in their systems for this coaching staff. Again, we talked about it earlier. Jack Johnson has looked passable Perfectly the top four for, what, a month and a half now? <laughs> Perfectly, genuinely, Jack Johnson has been fine. Yep. Like, there have been bad games in there. But not a bad stretch. And the fact that he doesn't do anything on offense anymore is a problem. But it's a problem that you mitigate by playing him on a third pairing, which is where he was when the abs defense was healthy. He's been elevated, and now he gets to probably move back in time when the abs once again get healthy. Between Byram and Gerard, like I'm I love I love what this means for how dynamic Colorado's healthy defense is and how hard it is to, to play against. Bam. Because he's going to make it – Manson is really going to bring – all the all the dudes who want toughness and physicality and all that yeah. just got it in a Box big way. Checks. yeah. And all those, those of us who wanted that but also wanted a guy who wasn't completely helpless in every other aspect of being an NHL hockey player, box checked. Yep. Yeah. So, I want to see how he fits into Colorado because you all you course. never really know. He's going to be asked to do certain things that he hasn't done a lot of in his career. It really felt like Patrick Nemeth never really settled into the Avs last year, even as a guy yeah. who had played for the team before. Well, and then you look what happened when he got to New York. and he, like Patrick Nemeth's career just cratered. Yep, Something about his play just completely fell apart after the deadline last year, and he never recovered. Yep. You're hoping that you don't see the same thing with Manson, but the upside is a lot higher. Agreed. So, you know, and then when it gets to the offseason and re-signing and can they afford him and blah, blah, blah. That's all we'll the see. bridge you cross when you get there. We, yeah. will, we will see probably. You would assume that this is a rental for now, and then we'll see. Yep. So, for right it. now, deal with, deal with trying to win a Stanley Cup with the guys that you got in front of you, and they just got better. Their defense just got better. It just got harder to play against. I'm very into this. Yeah. This makes them this makes them nastier net front. This makes their PK better. 
this makes a lot of aspects of their uh, of what you would have considered some of the weaker areas. He addresses those, and it yep. just it, at the cost of nothing off your NHL roster right now. There's yep. no there's no minus off your roster for right now. I'm in with everything you just said. Great. I, probably not the last time you'll hear the abs in a trade getting done in the next week, but it's the first <laughs> time you're hearing it. So buckle up. The ride is uh, only starting. We appreciate all y'all tuning in for our second full podcast of the day. Uh, <laughs> if you're Special shout out to Felix for hopping yeah, on with us. Appreciate Felix jumping on like that. Super awesome. Go check out the Crashing the Pond podcast. Uh, they're super dope. It's playtime for my dog, so hopefully the Avs don't go make another trade. Uh, we're out of here for hopefully the rest of the day, but you never know. We'll be back the next time the Avs do something.